Pretty. Shop Everton Podcast, podcast number 28, baby. 28 right. in the house, yes. That's right. Man, we just got back from uh, Missouri. I know you Missouri. guys last week, you and Paul, which yep. you guys killed it. I mean, that thing that he said, there's one thing that he said on that highlight video that just got me. He said, if God doesn't force you to be good, neither should a government. I know. That, Bro, that, that, that hit me hard. I, and I never thought about that until he said I it. I know. And right when he said it, I was like, oh. That's why Christian <laughs> freedom is so important because yeah. you're compelled by love to obey the law. Right. And so it's so good. And, and guys, if you haven't checked that out, that's podcast 27. There's some highlights up. We're releasing the full video on Monday. And uh, some of you guys are probably looking at those hats. You're like, man, look at them hats. Yeah, look at them hats. Look at the podcast logo. That's right, buddy. Make, a, make America constitutional again. Buddy, I tell Word. you what, if you guys go to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com, you guys can copy some merch. We've got some shirts on there. Our brand new hats. You guys can totally check that out. Matter of fact, I think we're going to revamp a piece of our site specifically for the podcast. We could put our thumbnails up there and do that kind of stuff. Starting probably next week, we're going to go live with the first part of the podcast. My wife's going to come in and do some live stuff, just a little bit of it, probably 10, 15 minutes uh, on Facebook and Instagram, hopefully. Um, So you guys are going to be seeing more live content as well. I may go daily. I'm not sure yet, but I may go just on myself here just to talk like after the day, uh, what's going on current events, just from my thoughts, everybody, you know, like the massy thoughts, I guess if you want to call that, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm no, I'm no prophet. I'm none of that stuff. I just see things how I see them. And then once Mike can get in here, we can do this daily and really hammer the podcast yeah. as well as we want to, but we want to keep it's, feeding you content and it's going to be fun. So I'm excited to be back. Um, we were out there for three days. We ministered, um, guys, I'm telling you, God's moving. Um, not only did we talk about like the faith of our founders, I did a, a course on abortion is still illegal. Does the pro-life industry know this? And I know that's a controversial topic for some of you that support pro-lifers. I support, support pro-life movements. Um, but let's be honest here, folks. It's a billion dollar a year industry. Uh, we've been voting pro-life since 1973 and it still hasn't saved babies. Um, I'm, I'm tired of the theory of gradualism. Um, you know, people use William Wilberforce, and I'm actually going to talk about him in this. This What we're going to talk about today is the faith of the founders and what did that look like? And, and, and not just their faith, but even their flaws, but how they kept the faith through the flaws. And so I think that's important and that's good. And guys, keep keep looking out, man, because I think in the summertime here, we're going to be filming three or four new DVDs of the messages that we do. And, and we really need to get busy here. Uh, because we, we want to keep feeding you good content and stuff like that. So I'm excited, Mike. Yeah. Uh, dude, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you again. Yeah, it's I don't good like, to have you back. I don't like not doing the podcast. <laughs> I, I think it's fun, I know man. the feeling. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and to kind of tack on to what Massey had said, look, guys, I know we try not to over hammer the whole donation stuff, subscription stuff, all yeah, of that. Yeah, we don't but, care. But the thing is, like, if we can get it to where we're stable enough, we can start doing this daily. That's right. And you guys can start getting podcasts daily. And one of the things that we really want to do is we really want to start hammering more current events. One of the problems we have is we record once a week. So a lot of stuff just gets washed out of the news by the time we start recording, or it's going to be old by the time it comes out. And so we, we have to be careful when we pick our news stuff, but guys, if, if we can start doing daily, you're going to see a whole new side, a whole new aspect. So if if you can't donate, at least tell your friends about the podcast. Yeah, yeah. At least share it. At least let somebody <laughs> know. At least download it and That's right. plaster it all over the Guys, internet. this may sound small to you, too, because he's exactly right what he said. Uh, we just reached over 100 subscribers on our YouTube account. We literally mm-hmm. started with, like, what? I don't even know what it was, under 20 yeah, it was uh, in the last six like months. That. And I know we don't even, pr- we don't, we don't advertise. We don't, we just share it. 
and people are coming up. Our 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 SoundCloud and our Spotify and our that's Apple iTunes is what's hit. that's where it's hitting. It doesn't really hit the YouTube stuff. It hits yeah. those areas. Um, you sent me a snapshot of what's going on, man, and just yeah. all the views in 24 hours. People are constantly going on there. And uh, when I was at that convention. A lot of young people were coming up to these classes. Um, I did four of them, and a lot of the parents were like, man, I got to commend you. My kid went to all four of them. That's they so went cool. to one of them, and they were so enamored by, by your, your passion and things like that. And all these kids are walking around the, with the hats that they bought, and, 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 <laughs> and literally they were walking past the booth, bro, with their Spotify on, saying, hey, I'm listening to the podcast right now. Uh, I was in another place in Missouri visiting a dear friend named Jack. Uh, that that he, He's a dear supporter and friend, and his daughter came up to me where I was helping her debate yeah. a friend of hers on abortion. Oh, cool. It was great because she was like, oh, that's good. And she, then she would add on to the, to the, to the argument or whatever, and huh. it was really good uh, discussion. Yeah. They didn't get upset at each other. It was really good back and forth. Good. And, uh, but just to see that, and then she got her friends lit up. They they made this uh, Instagram account. Uh, it's like the next the young young Republicans, and they started sharing our stuff. And you know, just you, you guys are seeing it amongst the youth that they're, that they're they're catching they're catching yeah. it. You know, they're catching liberty. They're catching freedom. You know, through Christ, and that that's what this whole message is all about. And know? that's that's who we're called to. Both both you and I have really talked a lot about who we're going after and we're going after the young generation. And, right. and I was thinking about it in the car the other day that it is the young generation. Absolutely. Like, not that we're against the older generations or even people our age. We're totally for them and we want them to listen. Right. We want them to learn. We want them to give feedback. But when I look at the target audience of who we're really trying to reach, we're hammering, yeah, we're it's the, the next generation. That's right. We that's want right. them to get plugged in early and to understand what is your country supposed to be? That's right. And how far is it from where That's it right. is? You know? That's right. Yeah. So I'm going to get into this real quick and we're going to talk about current events as we weave through this. Um, here, here's one of the reasons. When our founders established America, I'm not saying that they were all abiding by Christian doctrine, but they all preach Christian ethics. Mm -hmm. Right. I saw a quote or a comment on a friend of mine. He texted it to me. He said, all the founders, all those rich white men had all had slaves and they all did this and couldn't be farther from the truth. Some did, yes. Some were rich, absolutely. But the life of John Adams would say otherwise. You know what yep. I mean? He had to work his plant. He had to work his fields, and he didn't have slaves, right? So, uh, you know, we're going to talk about some of the flaws that they had. I think even some some unconstitutional things, like when you have James Madison debating on the cod fishery bill about what the Constitution says and the court rules against him. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. It was already going unconstitutional in a lot of ways. Yeah. From the beginning. You they know were I mean? having arguments at the very beginning yeah. about, is this constitutional, is this yeah. not? They're, they're, I think sometimes, especially on the Constitution aspect or, or the conservative side, we, we picture them as they're perfect. Yeah. And they had all the ideas flattened, ironed out, and we just got to get back to that. Yep. Well, there's arguments they're having that we were having or we're having now that they were having back then. Especially right. when it comes to how far does government go? economics what when does the right. government get involved when does it not what does the government do about what's the role yeah state to state right and, you what's know, their role and i think they were having that well that's that's a great point and i think too uh just just to kind of give you a, a precursor i saw another thing on on miss uh, cortez she mm -hmm. was talking about the yep. world's gonna end in 12 years she was just on instagram doing a live video and i kind of saw a piece of it and Look, man, I'm not here to mock her. I think everybody does that, and I think it gets old and tired. She's uh, she's become the pinata. She really of has. The she really has. And, and you know what, dude? I'm gonna be 
honest here. I think she's passionate about what she does. I don't agree with a thing she says. Yeah. I mean, do I agree that there's issues going on? Sure. Are there poor people? Yes. Do the people need health care? Absolutely. But do the, does the government need to do it? No. Look what the government's doing now. Yeah. Right. So when she says that the world's going to end in 12 years, none of our founders talk that way. If they'd have believed that, they wouldn't even have fought for an independent America. Why bother? Right? Why bother? Absolutely. And so, like, we're going to kind of talk about this over the last hundred years. There's been over 40 times people have predicted the, the world to end. Just that's in the last 100 years. No. I'm talking about eternity here, right? And there's probably more than that that we didn't even read about. Probably some fringe people. A lot of these people, too, were Christians that were, that were say, or Catholics or, or a certain sect of Christianity or a cult of Christianity, yeah. something like that, were predicting that the world is going to end. And it's because of this and the signs this. And I'm just going to kind of read this real fast about what the, you know, the words of, of Christ. And, and this is Christ saying this, okay? He said, but when you shall see, this is Mark 13, 14, he said, but when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing where it ought not, let him readeth, let him that readeth understand, uh, then let them be in Judea and flee to the mountains and let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein, neither take anything out of his house. Let him that is in the field not turn back. And basically what he's talking about is in the last days, we're going to get put in front of councils. We're going to be persecuted for the faith a lot the, the the love of many will wax cold a lot of sins gonna happen we're seeing a lot of that right but that was ha this has been happening for eons we don't know yeah. the return of christ and then all of a sudden later on down he says this um oh i lost it here it is <clears throat> but he says down here in mark 13 32 he says this but of the day and the this is jesus talking but of the hour and the day that hour knoweth no man no not the angels which are in heaven neither the son but the father Take heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when the time is. What did he just tell us to do? Take heed, watch, and pray. Take heed to what? His commandments. Yeah. It's not because we're, we're ruining, pop, or, uh, what do you call it, uh, 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 emissions and things like that's going to end the world. It's because of our sin and because, you know what? God decides to bring Jesus back. God decides Jesus is going to come back now. That's yeah. his decision. Yeah. And we can't worry about that. We should be worrying about saving souls and, you know, going and helping the poor and going and doing what we're supposed to do as Christians. But if we're listening to this constant rhetoric, and you know what happens? You know why people do that stuff? Because necessity breeds uh, uh, um, innovation. <laughs> in a, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, who was it? William, Peter, William Pitt or William Penn said this. Necessity is the plea of tyrants in the creed of slaves. I need, I need, I need. You need, you need, you need. So we need to pass it now. We yeah. need to do something now because if we don't, the world's going to end. Do you not see that that even happens by Republicans? When we're like, man, if we don't pass this stimulus bill, Paul Ryan was the one that helped sign it, mm -hmm. right? He was the one saying, oh, shoot, if we don't sign this, then uh, GM's going to close and all these factories are going to close. Well, dang it, they shouldn't have been mismanaging their money because- I Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I had that exact argument in my family when they were talking about the bank bailouts. And I brought up that exact point of, look, now is your time to prove to these banks you don't get a free ride. Yeah, you don't run the world. What, how, do, how do you not teach somebody discipline unless you let them feel the consequence of their choices? Yes. Right. And especially in, in the economy. The economy is supposed to discipline businesses through wins and losses. If a company is not doing well and making bad choices, they go out of business. If a company makes good choices, they stay in business. But what we told the banks was, okay, you made all of these mistakes. You made all these bad choices, which we kind of told you to do. <clears throat> yeah, we made provision we, for you to do it. We told you to do it. And then we go back, oh, well, we'll bail you out right. on it. No, the bank should have turned around and said, no, that's not a good idea. We don't want to do Dude. this. But they saw the money. They, the government said, we're going to hand you the money no matter what. Don't worry about it. And the bank said, 
okay, I'll Bingo. do it. You know? Bingo. Now, to, to kind of backtrack just one step, if you look at when Christ talks about being ready, about his return, every single parable, every single story he tells, he's, he's saying, look, you don't know when this is going to happen. That's exactly right. So be ready. That, Are you going to be gonna the servant, that. right? And, and you can read it, right? Be the servant that's ready. Be the servant that's doing what he's supposed to that's when exactly. the master comes back. That's so. right. Now watch this because I want to continue that, that frame of thought about the banks and all these things. because We're going to tie it into government and even the modern politicians that are running for president right now. All those things. He says this. This was uh, Jesus. He said, take heed, watch and pray for you know not when the time is. Listen to this. For the son of man is taking away uh, is, is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a man taking taking a far journey who has left his house, gave his authority to his servants and every man his work. Mm-hmm. That right there will preach. He gave authority to his servants and every man his work. What does that mean? Well, there's people who are set up for business. There's people who are just laborers. There's people who are set up in governments of that yeah. business, right? And then they got to deal with the city and all these other things, right? And the poor and those who are benevolent. There's a lot of things that can go on in this story here, right? And he says to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. Who are the porters? The watchmen. Us Christians, watchmen right? on the wall. He said, watch you, therefore, for you not know when the master of the house cometh. At even at in the evening or at midnight or at the cock crowing or in the morning. I'm reading King James. I'm sorry, and I hope you guys can read your own version of this, uh, the version of the Bible that you read. It says, uh, "Lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping." What happened with the vir- the ten virgins? Five of them di- didn't keep their oil, right? Yep. And then they bug and say, "Oh, oh, give me some of your oil." No, I'm sorry, I only have enough for myself. That's right. You you have to be ready. And what happens is when you're preparing, you stop thinking about the end of the world. You stop thinking about I, I the end of the world is coming. It's coming. It's coming. No, you think about each day, and that gets into when we've talked about people who say, "I can't wait for Jesus to come." No, you should be saying, "Boy." I hope I have more time. That's right. Because there's so many people. So many people that need to get saved. It's so different from preach it. Going, I just I'm I'm ready to get off this earth. I'm ready to go to heaven. How selfish is that? Yeah, let me say this too. And 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 me and I had talked about this before, and this may ruffle feathers. That's okay. Whatever. I'm not meaning to. (laughs) That is not what I'm doing, but I question like sometimes when I'm on this program, I'm questioning as I go, right? So like I'm gonna give you you're going to get the raw, real us. You know, This is free form. So we we talk- make mistakes. Right. We had talked before as uh, people say we should pray about it, we shouldn't pray about it, or we should. And I'm thinking, but if you're watching and praying all the time, won't he tell you what to do? Yeah. Why do I need to specifically pray for my ministry? When I see the ills out there and I'm like, I need to just go fill that need. There's a need. And then God opens another door and another. That's been my life. And, you know, some people say, yeah, but you burnt yourself out. I've never been burnt out, by the way. I've only been discouraged sometimes, but I've never been burnt out. Right. And there's times I've been discouraged and I could say maybe I took a jump too fast on this or maybe I did that. But you know what? I bet any money God is not going to look at us and say, man, you were too much of a Christian, dude. You shouldn't have done that. No. Uh, Yeah. I believe that we can all do something. What that looks like, I don't know. But we can either sit back and say, well, I just need to pray about it. Or we can just already watch and pray like he told us to do in the first place. Then he would lead you to do all these things. You know what I mean? Go ahead. And I think practically do what you can with what you have. And I know we've talked about that a lot of if you're at work and somebody says, look, I am just having troubles with my wife. That's a perfect time to minister. That's, That's right. That's a perfect time to share the gospel. That's a perfect time to say, hey, look, man, I've been through this struggle. Let me show you what the Lord did with me. Right? So a lot of times we look at it and we go, well, I can't have stadiums of millions of people 
come to Christ. So have a stadium so, of one. So have a stadium of one. Sit down and coffee with somebody. At least text somebody. Call them. If somebody's having trouble, they will remember the person That's right. that showed up in their life and said, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? That's right. Right? So, and, and as we pray for our calling, because everybody's got, I believe, a direction that the Lord would like to see them go. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you don't do with what you have while you're there and be patient on the Lord to start opening the doors. Exactly. And you walking through them. So, like, I'm a perfect example. I, I've thought about this a lot of like, okay, Lord, I didn't come down to Florida to roof. <laughs> I did not come down to Florida to stand on roofs. Truth. But, okay, Lord, I'm here. I'm roofing. <laughs> I'm roofing. So until, yeah. until you open the door and, hint, and hint. I will walk. Hint, hint. Yeah, you don't need to pray about it. Y'all can donate. Yeah, yeah. It's it doesn't field, take we're prayer. moving. Doesn't take prayer to open your wallets or, right. or open <laughs> your Bitcoin. Matter of fact, go online and we're neat. We're actually going to push monthly support here pretty soon. We're we're pretty good. Uh, we go. We're getting up there. It's growing, but guys, we need your help, man, to get here. this thing off the ground. We'll do this for you. We will wait ten seconds while you open that page. Okay, you have it open. Go ahead and press the donate button. There you go. Anyways, <laughs> but I I'm roofing right now. I do yeah. not believe I'm going to be doing that for the rest of my life. No. So I do what I can, podcast, devoted. I, I do what I need to do. And when the Lord opens the door, I walk through it. That's right. That's what you guys need to be doing in your life. I don't, I don't know how we got on this trail. No, but I, but, I, but I think it's good because like I think people question what they're supposed to do in their lives. And we're, let's get back to uh, this whole thing about the Constitution and, and, and necessity being the plea of tyrants and the creed of slaves. If you think about guys like Bernie Sanders, who used to claim that it was the government and it was all these bad people that helped the banks out, blah, blah, blah. So what was the solution? More government, more money. That's going to fix the problem. Guys, a responsible constitutional government does not run up $22 trillion of debt. Amen. It's true. Would you go to a broker or a banker who's about to file bankruptcy to ask him for financial help? Doesn't work, Right. If the government is very responsible, it wouldn't do what it's doing now, right? And then they keep saying, well, we need more of this, more of that. Every Notice, every every election time, there's always more yeah. money. There, more money, more money, more money. There's never, okay, we really yep. need to cut back on this, unless they're trying to earn votes, and then they never really cut they back They never on really do it, anyways, right? Yeah. Like right now, uh, what was that? And, and I'm not saying, I don't care about gas, right? I'll pay for it, whatever, because it's just, it's it the economy, it it's the market. Yeah. But do you remember when Trump got in office? Everybody's like, oh, look at that, gas is too something. It's like almost 280 right now here. Yeah. Yeah, right? it's climbing Ain't back nobody's up. saying nothing right now. It's like, oh, but it's not his fault. It's just the market. It's going to correct itself. Let's just say a housing catastrophe happens because we're just we're messing with markets, right? Yeah. We're going to blame Trump? We're going to say, oh, it was those bad policies from the past. You know, you it'll, guys got to start go. being objective here. Yeah, it'll we, go along tribal lines. Rude. Yeah, dude, you can't be one-sided here. If you keep doing that, that's why we keep falling into these holes in the first place. Yeah. You have to call a spade for a spade the way it is. I'm not saying don't love him. I think President Trump is doing his best when he knows how to do. But if you're not willing to tell him the truth, he's never going to change. Listen to this. When when people get into office, they always say this, every one of them. Man, it's a whole different beast up here. You can't really do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. It's really different. Then doesn't that show you that that's corrupt? When the Constitution was written for the average farmer at that time, for them to understand, when he could leave his farm like our founders were, some of them lawyers, but a lot of them had farms. They were just simple men that could go into a room and be a Congress and, and pass laws that were good for common man and that couldn't violate the Constitution. Don't you think that it should be that simple? But no, we better follow the party line or you're just going to get blackballed the whole time. 
Yeah. You better shut your mouth or you're not going to get your pension. Yes, that happens. And if you don't shut your mouth and not wait till the next election and win, you're not going to get your pension. I know this for a fact because a friend of mine just went through that and they backed out of the race because of it. Yeah. Because of the corruption it, and bull crap that's happening. If you look at, at how committees are set up, you've got to kiss the right butts in order to get onto the committees to make decisions. There's no Jesus a- in that. AOC even went through that. AOC got pressure, got got forced from a committee because suddenly she wasn't kissing the right butts. That's right, dude. Right? She was getting so, called out by, yeah, by uh, they, what's her name, Pelosi and Pelosi, they, they got mad at her because Man. she wasn't towing the line. That's right. It's, it's all about towing the line. It's all about tribalism. And, and to segue a little bit is that's why this whole get rid of the electoral college thing scares me so much is because you're talking about the farmer who's able to make a difference and able to have a voice. That, that isn't a political that, person. That isn't a political person. That's not going to happen anymore. That's the next podcast. Right. Why we need to keep the Electoral College. Let's Remember this it. one. No, yeah. Podcast 29, Electoral College. We need to do it, okay? All right. But I want to go back to this. Listen, if you as a Christian say that you need to get elected and you need to toe the line to get stuff done, it'll never happen. Never. Never. That's not Christ, man. Listen, yeah. later on when I get done through this through this show, this is one of the uh, um, presentations that I do when I go live. This is the, the faith of the founders. So I'm going to go through a lot of the slides. Um, I've, I've always wanted to do this to kind of give you guys a taste of what we do live, right? Yeah. And we'll, we'll promote this and pass this out there. And at this time, there's a lot going on in our country, and we really do want to hit current events. Uh, AOC is not so much the easy target. I think we need to start dispelling a lot of what she's saying. So I, One thing I wanted to note on that is a lot of times we look at what she's saying and we go, ah, oh, how stupid is she? She's so stupid. Not, and, like, we've cracked some jokes about her, but, I mean, we're willing to crack jokes about anybody. Yes. But I want people to really sit down and think, okay, why is this person saying what they're saying? Yep. What's her ideology? She, she cares about the environment. I really believe it. I believe she truly cares about the environment. I believe she truly believes that this system is corrupt. Isn't, is yeah. corrupt. This system is not the best system that we can have. I truly believe that she she's concerned that there are a lot of people who can't get health care and can't get insurance and all that. When you look at it through that scope, it makes a lot more sense why she says what she says. That's right. And even when she says stuff that she gets completely mocked for, like um, when she had said... It's not about the facts, but it's about the, the moral. moral. Think about why Anderson she said Cooper that. Had even called her out on it. Which she should be called out on it, but I can see why she said that. That's right. Because she said, look, it's the morals. I care about whether it's right or wrong. The facts, you can, you can twist facts and statistics. I care about whether Both or not it's right it. or wrong. We all do it. Bro, yeah. You ahead. know, so... And, it doesn't mean she's not wrong, but let's start actually yeah. paying attention to what she's saying instead of just mocking everything right. as and stupidity. The only you way know? you're going to win her over is if you listen. Exactly. That's the only because you need to listen to them and then say, "But what about this?" And then they may come back with, and then you—that's what discussions about, right? Yeah. I think uh, when, when I was doing this pro-life thing, I was looking up statistics uh, on this thing about abortion it being still illegal and constitutional. And uh, there was a there was a poll done, dude. I'm around live uh, live uh, uh, live action and CareNet yeah. and all these places around here that are pro life movements, right? And they're amazing places. And uh, how many times they talk about women regretting abortions and all these things, right? We know we see it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, that new unplanned movie that's out right now. I mean, really, really good stuff, right? There was a, a, a poll done. I can't remember who did it. I, I believe it was Pew. 
if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that because I don't want to put them in a bad light. But they did a poll saying this this poll right here will destroy every basically every argument that women regret their abortions. They interviewed 660 women, oh, and 95% of them said, ah, we don't regret it. 660 women out of the millions that have had abortions. Think about that. You can manipulate anything you want to mean anything mm-hmm. you want. That's why gun control is so popular. 91% of Americans believe gun control is needed. They interviewed 1,200 people. They didn't interview the, the, all the, the 330 million, the ones that are in their farms that didn't have a chance to go sit there and sign your dumb census. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... You can't do that kind of stuff because facts will seriously distort. She's right. It's the moral issue. Yes, there's something going on where we're not protecting what God gave us as a creation. We should be stewards of what we've been given. She's right about that. She's right that there's poor people and they need health care. She's right about all those things. I'm not for what she wants to do, how to get there. Exactly. That's the difference is we can agree on, look, there's a problem. And I think a lot of times what conservatives end up doing is they end up looking at it and go, I'm not even going to admit there's a problem here. I'm just going to tell you you're wrong. Instead, how about I sit down next to you and I go, I agree there's a problem. Now, let's really discuss about how we get to the solution. Yeah, how we get there, but what our Constitution says. Our opinions don't matter. What does the law say? It doesn't give me the authority as a government to just give money away like that. That's not not its purpose. It wasn't its original intent. That's not what I'm saying. So anyways, so let's segue into this. Daniel Webster, (laughs) right? He was a statesman and orator. And uh, he was also a congressman. Basically, he was a statesman. He said this, and his cousin was Noah Webster, who wrote uh, Webster's Dictionary, the father of American education, him and Benjamin Rush. Um, This was Daniel Webster. He said, hold on, my friends, to the Constitution and to the republic for which it stands, not a democracy, right? We got to get that out of our heads. We're constitutional republic, and the electoral college was necessary in a constitutional republic because we're democratically electing officials. I, I want you, because a lot of times people are like, oh, we're a democracy, and even conservatives do it. Please define the difference between a republic okay, so a constitu- and a democracy. Yeah, a constitutional republic is that we're governed by laws, not men. We're not led by mob rule. In a democracy, you are led by a mob. So in other words, 51%, this is why uh, they want to get rid of that and do a popular vote because yep. supposedly Hillary got more votes than, than, than Trump did, all these things. So they were like, see, but the people spoke. <laughs> Dude, the people could want to wear... And, and, and prosecute people that wear black on Tuesdays yeah. all they want. But that's my liberty, right? So it doesn't matter what all the people want. It matters what the Constitution says. So we're a government based on laws, and the states actually had more authority than the federal government. That was the Constitutional Republic, the Republic of Laws. That We're not a republic of men or people. We're a republic of what's based on law and God's law, actually. So we'll get into that here in a minute. And so democracy is the, the, the mob or majority rule. Forget the morals. It's about the people. Yep. Thank right? you. Yeah. So let's continue. He said, hold on to the Constitution, to the Republic, for which it stands. He said, miracles don't cluster. They don't happen every day. He said, what has happened once in 6,000 years may not happen again. Hold on to the Constitution, for if the American Constitution should fail, there will be anarchy throughout the world. So I, I want to wanna chime in on that. When he says miracles do not cluster, what he's really talking about is, look at how many miracles came together for this Constitution to be brought That's to exactly light. That's exactly right, dude. He's talking about this country should not have become a country. Not we the were, way they were, we were outnumbered, what, 20 to 1? Dude, a lot by of the wars, yes. the strongest military in the world right. Right. at that time. And we defeated them as a ragtag group of 13 colonies. 
And if you look at all the miracles, which we've got in the DVD, we've got a couple examples of the miracles. That, man. Good for Boom, you. Boom, nice gotcha. Plug. That's called a call to Christians. Go on theselfevidenttruth.com. You can pick one up on there. Yep. So when you look at these miracles, you look at it and you go, wow, something's different about how this country came to be. That's right. So what he's saying is these miracles clustered. This doesn't happen. So hold on to this. This was something special that God gave us for a reason. Absolutely, man. That's the point. And so to segue into that, this is Daniel Webster. He's one of the one of our founding fathers. This guy yeah. was around at that time. He knew what he was talking about. A lot of the founders knew what they were talking about. So I got a picture right here, and I'll put it up there. Well, I'll have to give you the slides so you can put yeah. these up. Sounds good. But the great seal, the, the great seal of Ohio. It's actually a bunch of sheaves in a field, and it looks like a railroad. And underneath the the the, the seal. At the Capitol building, it says, with God, all things are possible. Where in the heck do you think they got that from? An atheist book? What God were they talking about? Let's continue. You can answer that on, in your, on your own. <laughs> do you know what? The Washington Monument has several things inscripted, and this is some of the stuff it has inscripted on the Washington Monument. Holiness to the Lord. Exodus 20, uh, 28, 26 is all in there. Uh, 30, uh, Exodus 20, uh, 26, 28, 26, Exodus 30, 30, Isaiah 23, 18, and Zechariah 14, 20. Search the scriptures. That's John 5. Um, the memory of the just is blessed. That's in Proverbs 10. Uh, may heaven uh, to this union continue its beneficence. May heaven. Who are they, why are they saying that if they were yeah. atheists, right? Uh, in God we trust and, is in the Washington Monument. And notice they're picking out Bible verses. So a lot of people will say, oh, well, they just mean a general creator. They'll, they'll argue, oh, they just mean a general God. If they truly meant a general God, they would not be picking out Bible verses. Bingo, right? No, you're right. You're yeah, right. Because if, if they were talking about even just the God of the Abrahamic faiths, why not include verses or surahs from the Quran? Why wouldn't you? Or why wouldn't you just say what, like, a lot of, I mean, let's be honest here, a lot of the Indian tribes, they believe in the, in the what do they the call it? The great spirit. The great spirit, yeah. yeah. And, and they have a Ten Commandments of their own, like a commandment yeah. system, which is pretty similar to the God of heaven. Kinda, Which should kind of interesting. Does it say it shouldn't say that there's other gods? It should say that there's a true God who gave them morals. Yeah. That He said He wrote the ta the, the tablet of the law in our hearts. Absolutely. That he gave it to them. It makes sense, yeah. right? The last thing that's uh, on the on the on the capstone of the Washington Monument, it's praise be to God inscribed in Latin. Amen. Right. Let's continue. Again, Daniel Webster said this. This dude was amazing. He said that the Bible. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm pulling it up now. It says the Bible is a book of faith and a book of doctrine and a book of morals and a book of religion and of special revelation from God. But it is also a book which teaches man his own individual responsibility. Notice this individual responsibility, his own dignity, his equality with his fellow men. Notice he said a book of revelations, right? That's not just a book of wisdom. That's a book of spiritual authority, yes. revelation which, from God. Which proves, again, which proves that he himself, like you could say the founders were deists. That doesn't say that. And and I was going to point that out is if they were deists, why bother um, arguing for the favor of the creator? That's right. Because deists believe God wound up the clock, stepped back. Well, you're in charge then. You don't. You don't need God. Him does to you don't intervene? Need him. Yeah. You don't need him. There's he no has no authority. Yeah. There's no divine providence. It's just you're on your own. That's that's deism. These guys were not deists. They're talking about the influence of the Creator. They're talking about the influence of God on daily events in life. That means He's involved. That's much more than a deist. That's exactly right, dude. So. 
this is where we got to continue on to what did they really believe? Well, first off, the founders believe three tenets. One, God's real. There's mm-hmm. this creator thing called God, right? Otherwise, why reference it? That's exactly right. The second thing is God gives us rights. God, the creator, gives us rights. The third thing they believed was that government is only instituted a moment to secure those rights, not to play God. Mm-hmm. What Paul said last week mm-hmm. was, if God isn't the one even forcing you to be good, why should a government? It's not their job. It's not their position. They're overstepping their bounds, as a matter of fact. Yep. And that's what's happening now. And uh, so I'm going to tell you where that comes from. They believe these three things. I'm going to tell you where it comes from in a minute. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of charters in Virginia in 16, I believe it was in 1607. Uh, the, the the charter of Virginia was the first charter on the lands, but it wasn't a constitution yet. It was just a charter of like why we're here. Yep. A lot of these guys came to found different colonies uh, for the glory of the gospel, basically the, yeah. the advancing of the gospel. Here's shining light on the hill. That's right. Here's a piece of it. We greatly commending and graciously accepting of their desires for the furtherance of so noble a work, which may by the providence of almighty God hereafter tend for the glory of his divine majesty and propagating of the Christian religion. That was Virginia's charter. That's in Virginia's charter. Propagating of the, the Christian, Christian religion, religion right? AKA spreading the gospel, spreading the gospel. Okay. And people, are, I know people are already chomping at the bit to tell me, but they killed Indians and they stole land and they did this. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the Mayflower compact, 1620. It says this in the name of God. Amen. We whose names are that are underwritten the loyal subjects of our dread sovereign Lord King James or the grace of God of England and Ireland, King Defender of the Faith, and having undertaken for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith, right? Hmm. And so there's more to that. I just kind of cut that piece out because I don't want to go too too deep into it. Yeah. But basically they're advancing the Christian faith. Some of these things actually talked about savages and you know all these things because there were some like it's funny to me to believe that only the founders and the pilgrims were bad people, but not them. Not the Indians. Don't it's, you think that there was bad people amongst them too? It's the noble savage idea. Yeah. It's it's the like, the low expectations, right? The, right. That whole idea. And and if you look at what these tribes did to each other, now I'm not I know. You know, why do I but always we gotta have talk to, about it, yeah. dude? We gotta talk about but, it. But but dude, look, this tr- is a Mexican talking about white people. <laughs> my dad has been had racism in myself as well. Yeah. I'm not saying all white people are good. I'm not saying all black people are good, but there are some that are black that are racist. There are some that are white that are racist. There's some Indians that are racist, dude. Look, blacks, Mexicans kill each other. Indians do too. Don't think for one second that they don't have evil in their hearts too, in some ways. And when you start recognizing the evil in everybody's heart, you start seeing people as individuals. That's exactly it. Because you look at these tribes, plenty of tribes, they massacred each other. Big, huge graves of massacred tribes and villages, right? But there were also plenty of tribes that helped out, helped out the settlers, helped out the colonists, right? They would not have survived without the help of Native Americans, you know? So we've, we've really got to look at it and we've got to admit and accept that a group of people are not evil on their own, right? They're not... People who are just like all evil or all good. And today's culture is completely awash in this idea of, well, the oppressed are great. The oppressor is evil. White men are the cause of all evil in the world for everything. That's right. Right? That whole idea. That whole idea. I'm sorry, but white men did not invent slavery. They didn't invent (laughs) it. That's right. That's right. Here, let's take it a step further. You're going to get some on the left, some on the right as well. Well, we shouldn't have came over here and invaded their property. 
don't you advocate for a government to take everybody else's wealth? What's Ooh. the difference? Ooh. What's the difference? Yeah. What's the difference if, if a federal government can just claim eminent domain and you support that mm-hmm. for what you want? What's the difference? You're using force. Now, am I, why didn't the Indians share? Do you, how do you know that there wasn't transactions like that where the white people came with the Indians and said, hey, we want to, we want, matter of fact, there's there stories were, of Indians teaching them how to farm yeah. on these and, lands. And there's plenty of contracts. Where do you think Thanksgiving Day came land from? land was sold to the colonists. Yes. Colonists were in agreements. They were trading. Like, we tend to look at it as they just came in and stole everything. Everything. No, there was sales Dude. contracts now did stealing happen yes, yes. but i really kind of wonder how much of that is blown out of proportion because oh let's make white people look bad that's exactly right you know? that's right and you know what i can't do that because i have to look at facts yes corruption happens but bro Absolutely. corruption happens all the time those everywhere dude it's funny that this whole thing with jesse smollett that happened right Rahm Emanuel came out Dude, that, that, was blew, that, blow, that blows me away, blow me right? Away. Because it's like, this is a straight-up leftist, like a leftist like to the left, core, left, right? Left, 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 left. And he runs a, a city that black-on-black crime is so huge. And they're, they're, they're trying to say that whites are killing blacks at a massive rate. And, dude, your own city's falling apart. Yeah. Corruption exists. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to blame Rahm Emanuel for it. I'm and, not going to blame a white man for it. And even he stood up and said, this was wrong dude this was bad because no, it causes hot, so I'm much turning for everybody here we go game no on. It, no it's it's true <laughs> because it will he even said it these hate crimes laws that we work so hard to pass now people are going to start thinking second guessing when mm-hmm. someone actually calls out for a crime they're going to yeah. think man he got off the hook again and and conservatives have proved that because now what do we see in the conservative sphere all we see are all the lists of all of the hate crime hoaxes. Yes. We don't talk about the real hate crimes. That's right. Right? Because all of these hoaxes are happening. So our focus isn't on the stuff that's actually happening. Yep. It's the people who and are the, scribbling bad words yeah. on their car and going, oh, racist crime against me. You right, know? right, right. And on top of that, now, dude, they have the right where they want them. You know why? Because the, the liberals, the, the media knows how to attack. Mm-hmm. So what they're doing now with the, the Republicans or the conservatives now, the conservatives are saying, see, there really isn't hate crimes. You're wrong. You're wrong. There are. There people. are. And it I'm not saying happens. hate. I don't even like the term hate crimes. There is crime. All crime is hate. Yeah. You hate the law. Yeah. yeah that's, that's hatred. It shouldn't be called a hate crime. It's just straight up murder or, bull, or uh, what, what do you call it? Uh, assault and things like that. It shouldn't be mm-hmm. called a hate crime. It's straight up assault. No matter what the motive, you assaulted, right? So I, I there's if if I if I beat up someone in the in, if I beat up another Mexican, right? It's in, not in, a in hate street, crime. It's not a hate crime. It's just assault. If it's a white guy, it could be a hate crime, right? <laughs> or, or if it's a, because he's gay, yeah. doesn't matter the motive. He did it, yeah. Right? And we got to quit doing this. We can't single out what. Here they do that, and then they say, "Well, how's how come homosexuality is in a You know what I mean? This is how twisted they are. They want to separate their crimes when God says something's an abomination. No, 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 no. He don't, no, that's impossible. No. Why does God single out sin like that? Because he's God. I'm not. Thank no. God. I don't want to be God, dude. I don't want to be Thanos. Yes, I'm referencing Marvel Comics <laughs> right now. I don't want to be Thanos. I don't want to be responsible for everybody in the world. I want to be responsible for preaching and teaching good in this world through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. 
and preaching the kingdom of heaven here on earth. That's my duty, right? So going back to this, when we have these charters, yes, corruption happens. It happened a long time ago. Matter of fact, uh, Muslim conquests were happening at this time. That's why oh, yeah. Christopher Columbus came over here. This Dude, Muslims were taking over countries, man. Within, we ain't complaining about that, though. Within like 110 years, they had swept across northern Africa yes. into Europe. Into Europe, Asia years. too. Yeah, they were, they were moving into Asia. The, the Crusades, which I'm going to go on a tiny bit of a tangent, the Crusades happened after 400 years of complaints from people along the coastlines and uh, towards the inlands of the slavery, raping, and pillaging that were going on by the Muslim conquests. It was a response, right? So you, you have all these people that are going, we're sick of getting taken as slaves. We're sick of our lands being stolen. We're sick of being raped and pillaged. Do something. That's right. And finally the church responded. That's right. Okay, so conquest happens everywhere. You know, you, you, Keep going. We, we look at one side of conquest and we go, oh, they're evil. But we tend to forget the other sides of conquest. We tend to forget that everybody does it. Now, I, that's getting into something else. But let's, let's really think about what was going on during the founding of our nation. There was actually a lot going on in the world. Yeah, there was. Britain was colonizing like crazy. France was trying to react to them. Islamic conquest was continuing to move itself throughout yeah, the, the king world. Of Spain was like behind uh, Columbus in secret, you know, yeah. trying to advance the gospel. He saw, I'm not saying he was a good man, but I'm saying he funded it. And so it, maybe it was you. I don't remember, but it's, oh, it was, it was a buddy of mine. He pointed out, think about if you were Cortez and you come to Latin America and you land and people start telling you about this tribe of people who are sacrificing thousands of people every day. You're a Christian. You believe in the movement of spirits, right? You believe in the movement of demons. Would you not look at this culture of people who hold up sacrificing virgins and tearing hearts out Babies. of people and making heads roll downstairs? Wouldn't you see that as something that should be destroyed, something that should be wiped out. Like we look at Cortez and we go, how dare you get rid of the Aztecs? They were slaughtering the tribes around them. The tribes around them went to Cortez and said, please help us. Some of the mountains were made of skulls, dude. Yeah. Like the, the things that they sat on yeah. were made of skulls. And now, did Cortez make mistakes? Absolutely. Yes, that's the point. But see, you can't sit, like, I can't sit on a moral high horse. This is why we're not making fun of Cortez, Miss Alexander Casio. Yeah. That's why we're not making fun of Bernie Sanders. That's why you're not going to hear that kind of stuff. We don't want to mock them. I'm not on a moral high horse here. I'm pointing you to the one who is the moral high horse. Mm -hmm. That's what you're doing, right? Yeah. But you, in your own self, who's listening to this, can't point your moral finger at someone else in history when you weren't there. Yeah. All we have is recorded pieces of paper. We don't really know every day of we, what happened. Exactly. We don't know. Right. And all we have is distorted history from different people and different authors. Right. That's what's cool about the Bible. Over what is it? Fourteen hundred years. Yep. The 66 books over, written over 40 authors. And they they weave so consistent. well together. Yes. So let's let's go back to this. When they came here, it was about advancing the gospel. It's the Mayflower Compact 1620. I'm glad we could talk about that. So uh, William Bradford, the second governor of Plymouth, he said this, the colonists cherished a great hope and inward zeal of laying good foundations for the propagations and advance of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ. Hmm. He said, in the remote parts of the world, 
So they were just carrying out the Great Commission, go into all the world and what? Share the gospel. Preach the gospel. Make disciples. That's what they were doing. Uh, here's another quick one. The Fundamental Orders of Connecticut. That was the first constitution on these lands. Do you know that entire constitution was written by from a sermon? They took a sermon from Reverend Thomas Hooker from 1639, and the title of the sermon was this. The foundation of authority is laid in the free consent of the people. Mm-hmm. And they wrote a constitution out of that, and this is part of it. It says, this for, as much as it have pleased Almighty God by the wise disposition of his divine providence, and so to order and dispose of things that we, the inhabitants and residents, and knowing where people are gathered together, the word of God requires that to maintain the peace and the union of such people, there should be an orderly and decent government established according to God to order and dispose of the affairs of the people at all scenes and all occasions that shall it require, right? Here, uh, I'm going to keep going. So back, we get to... I'm just, I shared like three or four of the charters, right? Yeah. That's just three or four. Now, all 13 colonies have their own state Christian religion. Yes, their their own yes. denomination. Their own Lutheran, denomination. Baptist, yes. whatever, Methodist, yes. uh, uh, Catholic. Yep, Anglican, all these things, right? So 13, if the faith of the founders was not Christianity, why did all 13 colonies have their own state religions? Just think about this, right? Woo. Now, were they all Christian? No. Their, but their idea was we need to make this known that we are a Christian nation. We're a Christian yeah. state, Christian colony, that type. So we get to September 7, 1774, and this is Reverend Jacob Duche. So they had to pray. They were talking about, hey, man, we need to break off from England. I'm, I'm kind of advancing from 1600s to 1700s here very, very fast because I know we don't have a lot of time. Crap, we really don't have a lot of time. We may do this as a part two then. Um, so good. let's just roll we with it. We got editing to do. Yeah, yeah, we, let's just roll with it. So Reverend Jacob Duche was called in, and, dude, when he prayed, This is what he prayed. O Lord, our heavenly Father, high and mighty, King of kings and the Lord of lords, who does from the throne behold all dwellers of the earth and reign us with the power supreme, uncontrolled over all the kingdoms, empires, and governments. Look down in mercy, we beseech you, on these American states. They didn't say colonies, right? Who have fled uh, to thee from the rod of the oppressor and thrown themselves on thy gracious protection. Hmm. Wow. Let's, let's continue. Desiring henceforth to be dependent only on you, to you, have, uh, to you they have appealed for the righteousness of their cause. To thee do they now look up for that countenance and support which thou alone canst give. Take them, therefore, Heavenly Father, under thy nurturing care. Give them wisdom and counsel and valor in the field. Defeat the malicious design of our cruel adversaries. Convince them of their unrighteousness of their cause. He's praying for the enemy. Convict them that they're doing bad, right? And if they persist in their uh, uh, and if they persist in their purpose, oh, let the voice of thy own unerring justice sound in their hearts. Constrain them to drop the weapons of war from their unnerved hands in the day of battle. Be thou present, O God of wisdom, and direct the counsels of the honorable assembly. Enable them to settle things on the best and the surest foundation that the scene of blood may be speedily closed. That the order and harmony of peace may effectually be restored, and truth and justice, religion and piety prevail and flourishing among their people. He said religion. This is a Christian minister, which means what he was talking about was Christianity, religion. Okay? He says this, preserve the health of their bodies and vigor of their minds. Shower down on them and the millions that here they represent such temporal blessings as thou seest expedient for them in this world. Crown them with their everlasting glory in the world to come. All this we ask in the name through the merits of our of Jesus Christ, the Son. Thy son, our savior, amen. That was his prayer. And then they broke out into two hours of it. They were on their faces. 
They're beseeching heaven. They read Psalm 35. John Adams wrote to his wife, and he said, I never saw a greater effect on an audience. It seemed as if heaven ordained for that psalm, Psalm 35, to be read that morning, talking about the, the violence of the oppressor. Uh, and then he said, uh, Duche broke out an exemplary prayer, which filled every man present. That was his own words. Filled every man present. The spirit of God was in this thing, man. Absolutely. You can't deny that. You can't deny that. And yeah, that was there evil men, but look what he's doing. Reverend Duche wasn't being a jerk. Reverend Duche is praying for the enemy. Lord, loose the sword from their hands, God. Lord, teach them the unrighteousness of their cause. They're the oppressor, God. Change their heart, God. Convict them. And if they don't, then help us close this thing fast. So there's no more bloodshed. Who's more righteous now? The one who says, Lord, we're just mere men here and help our enemies as well? Or the jerk who says, you don't know what you're talking about, leftist. Come on, guys. We got to be better Christians. Read that prayer, man. Pray for your enemies. That's exactly right. Bless your enemies. Bless them who use you and despitefully persecute you for the name of Christ, he said. Right? I'll continue. The state constitutions, and I was just in Missouri, but Florida state constitution has something similar, and I forgot to change it. This was the Missouri state constitution. It says, we the people of Missouri, with the profound reverence for the supreme ruler of the universe and grateful for his goodness, do establish his constitution. Florida has something similar. So basically, uh, we, we, uh, we the people of the state of Florida, grateful to Almighty God, basically something like that. Most of the state constitutions acknowledge God for the giver as the giver of rights. You guys remember when I was talking earlier that what the, the, the three things the founders believe God's real, He gives us rights, purpose of government is to secure it. It's in the Declaration of Independence. The first paragraph says this that the laws of nature, nature's God, entitles us to a free society. The laws of nature, nature's God, because we're supposed to be governed internally. Paul talked about it last mm -hmm. week about being sovereign people, sovereign individuals. Matter of fact, there's four different types of government that God gives. We're going to talk about that in a second. And this is Declaration of Independence. Everybody knows this. You could probably quote it as I read it along. We hold these truths to be what? <laughs> Just read yes. the hat. Read the hat. That's right. Self-evident. In kid terms, it means duh. We hold these truths to be duh. All men are created equal. They, to them, this was a common sense understanding that God exists. And then guess what? Not only does he exist, it says that they're all created equal with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life. They're created with life. Done. Not born or evolved. They're created equally with rights. That's why the 14th Amendment was written wrong, too. It says all persons born are naturalized. Wrong. 14th Amendment's even wrong, wrongly written, yeah. which was passed after some time. And, right? and we have to really pound this idea that it's not government that gives you these inalienable rights. Government, government can't make you? does not determine your life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. God provides these inalienable rights. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Mike. Right? I'm going go on a limb. You want to know modern-day modern slavery? You're born into a system that's stealing from you. Yep. You're born into a system where you have to pay without even acknowledging that you even signed the contract. I, my kids are born knowing they have to pay into a government they don't even agree with. That's slavery, folks. Yep. That's slavery, man. You can't get around that. God didn't create me to be a slave. John Bunyan, who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, was in jail for 14 years for preaching the gospel. Is that what it's going to take for us to say something? Is that, is that what it's going to take for us to finally take a stand and take God at his promises? Is that what it's going to take? Is it going to take a Venezuela situation for us to finally claim the promises of God? I understand we should be praying for prophecy, and yes, we have it. We have the gifting, and it works, and it operates. But if it's not changing society, it's doing nothing. They're just gifts. They're just words to me. And, you know, people can judge me all day long. Man, that guy, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's mad. I'm not mad at you. 
Here's what I'm frustrated about. I didn't ask for this. Neither did my kids. But guess who's going to eat the pill of our inaction? My kids. They're going to eat it. Guys, if you don't believe that you can change something, read the book of Hebrews alone. Forget the Old Testament for a second. Hebrews 11 condenses it down to their faith and what they did and how they moved and how they won for Christ. And they didn't back down and they didn't stop. They didn't faint. Their cause succeeded because they believed in the living God. They weren't waiting around for their giftings and callings. They just did. They obeyed God as he called them to because they were continuously connected in prayer and intercession with God. They knew their father. And then it comes to the disciples and it comes to the apostle Paul and it comes to Timothy and Titus and all these guys, right? And they're taking the name of God. And I can promise you this, those same guys had the same questions that you do about your calling. And you know what they did? They sought God anyway, because they knew Christ promised them that in this world, you will have tribulation. Sometimes I think we're afraid to take the call because we don't want tribulation. Guess what? You won't avoid it. You won't avoid tribulation. He says, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You're not going to avoid what's going to happen to you. People are going to persecute you. They're going to mock you. They're going to spit on you. They're going to lie about you. They're going to call you every name under the book falsely. For his namesake, he said, be of good cheer. You can't sit back anymore. Some, of peop some people that are watching this right now, I can promise you you're getting convicted. Not my job. That's the Holy Ghost job. Here's my job. I hope by the end of this that you're so moved to action to do the will of the Lord that he's already told you you're supposed to do. That's what I'm hoping for. To hopefully prod you to action. To hopefully prod you to your calling and push you to your gifting. And to push you to pray and intercede. Sometimes I think we don't even pray because we're afraid to step in. Do you think I'm not afraid to step in? I just basically said our government calls it enslaving of people. I'm afraid of saying this kind of stuff. Do you think I'm not afraid of this? That's, that's where a lot of people get hung up is they're afraid to say the prayer. If you say, if you want to pray, Lord, stretch my faith, boy, that's a, that's a hard prayer for people to say because they're afraid of what if he actually stretches my faith? That's exactly right. And if you're afraid to do it, you need to do it. That's right. I, I don't know how many times in my life I knew I had to pray for something, whether it was patience, stretch my yep. faith, yep. whether to go deep or whatever. And when I was afraid of that prayer, I knew I had to say it. That's right. Because if you don't say it, you're backing away. You're shrinking away. Right. You're, you're turning your head from the plow. And the Bible does not speak well when people turn their head from the plow, exactly, when they shrink away, when they back off, when they're cowards. Here, the Bible says right. uh, uh, that, uh, that the just shall live by faith, which means the just, those who carry justice. You have to be holy to carry justice. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. You know why some of us can't see God in here? Because you're not walking in holiness. Because we're not walking. Dude, holiness is the key to the move of God. Not more prayer. Not more words, not more study time. Those are all good things. Those are the byproduct of holiness done in the right way. Not more meetings, not more prophecy. You know what? We know in part, we prophesy in part. If you do not have the holiness of Jesus Christ in you, and you're not walking out and obeying God from a heart of purity, it won't happen for you. You're not going to see him. Dude, sometimes when I'm doing this kind of stuff or when we're out traveling and stuff, I think, I am so not worthy of this calling, Lord. I know it, man. Listen, everything I just said, I got animated and, and, and lit, right? 
You know what I'm saying to myself the whole time? Where is this coming from? Why am I saying this? You know what I mean? I have to say this to myself every day, Mike. I think that's what people forget is that a lot of times when we preach or, or we're speaking and we're getting passionate, we're talking to ourselves. Yes. Right? And especially Luther's, Luther's teacher said it to him. Martin Luther, he said, we preach best. We need to learn most. Yeah. The, here's the difference. I'm walking in what I know to do. Well, and, and, and you're, you're putting, so are you. for, putting forward it. So yeah. is Pastor yeah, yeah, yeah. Todd. So yeah. is Paul. So we're walking in what we're called we're, to do. We're doing what we need to do. Yes. And there is a realization of like, Lord, I'm a wretch. Like, the, the sins I've committed, the things I've done in my past, and especially today's culture, it's it's such the flavor of the day to pull up somebody's Twitter feed from 20 years ago or 10 years ago, whenever Twitter came out, right? Pull it up and go, oh, they said this back when they were 17 in high school. Look how evil of a person they are. Well, let's look at your closet. That's right. Every one of us has skeletons in our closet. Every one of us are wretches. Right. And, and just like you said, I look at the Lord and I go, Lord, I'm not worthy for this. I'm not worthy to stand up in front of these people yeah. and say something to them about how to get closer to God. But he is. But he is. And you know what? The thing is, I'm forgiven. Now, I repent of what I've done. That's the difference. A lot of people forget the whole repentance thing. Look, if I look at you... And I keyed your car, and I go, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, it's not a nice car. Anyway. Well, you know, let's say you have a Lamborghini, and I key it. And I go, <laughs> sorry. Shouldn't have left it there. Shouldn't have left it there. <laughs> was am, am I really repentant? No, man, did, not at all. Did I really look at you and go, that was one of the worst decisions I ever made, Mass. Yep. I am so sorry. I don't even know what overcame me. I don't know why I did I, that. Exactly. That's repentance. Yep. Repentance is going on 180, going, I am never going to do that right. again. Now, do we slip and fall because sin grabs a hold of us? Yes. But repentance, repentance Psalm 51, yeah. is leading to holiness. That's right. Because you're going, Lord, you're right. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm being rectified to the Holy One so that I can walk in holiness, man. Yeah. So when I get animated and I start talking about these things, when I start uh, getting uh, lit up or, or whatever, it's not that I'm saying that anybody's bad. And here's what I'm hoping that happens, that you catch the very thing here. We, we should put some of the responses up. I had two, two women specifically come up, women, right, who came up after one of the talks. One of them, dude, came to the table and she was weeping the whole time. She said, you won't believe the entire thing that you said about your, your speech or everything that you did on your slides. She said, I want him because we were talking about the exact same thing an hour prior in breakfast. Amen. Come on, man. I didn't talk to her. Yeah. I didn't talk to her. Another woman came up. She's like, everything you said prodded me to know that I'm supposed to do what I'm called to do. And guess what? We all want prophecy. God moves, man. You know what happened? I'm like, ma'am, I don't know who, who your husband is. I just got to tell you what I feel God's telling me. And I wish she was here because she would confirm it. I looked at her and I said, is your husband a pastor? Is he supposed to pastor? Just lost it. That's what he's called to, and he knows he's called to. Okay, great. So let's start walking forward, and these things start pushing forward. Now, I, I had to explain to them, hey, ministry's tough. You're, once you cross a threshold, you're in a warfare, right? You, yeah. you, you obviously know it's going to happen, but the goodness of God is going to lead you to repentance, to his truth. His Holy Spirit will lead you to all things, right? He'll teach you everything you need to know. He gives you an unction from the Holy One. It says in First John, all these things. God will never leave you or forsake you, man. 
We just don't believe that. That's why we don't step out. We, we don't believe that he'll walk us through it. I got to say that to you, man. Like the moment you start doing what you're called to do, like he will never, ever leave you. Dude, there's going to be times where it's super dark, mm-hmm. cold, nasty. People say all kinds of crap about you. And you got to do what you got to do under God and say, Lord, you have to vindicate me, man. Yeah. I can't do this alone. I can't do this alone. And you know what? You're not alone. I'm lucky, man. I married into a great thing. My wife supports and, and actually helps me in the ministry. She does more than I do now. Uh, all I do is speak. She sets up everything, helps with the donations and all this stuff. Yeah. Man, just go on the website, man. You'll see her bio. My wife is a boss. Five foot two and killing it. You know what I mean? And we got three beautiful kids because of it. And she not only doesn't complain about it, she continues to do it. Man, I have such a faithful family and team. You, uh, John, you know, who comes and videotapes all the time for it, videotapes. The one who uh, films for us and all these things. And Breno, who's done a lot of our promos and things like that. He's going to help us probably do some, God willing, do some DVDs, Lord willing, that when we get the funding, when we get the funding for that. Uh, stuff like that. We got a good team around us. I got Pastor Todd who supports 100% what we're doing. You know why? Because it's necessary and needed and he can't. He's, he's trying to do an apostolic move of God. Praise God. I know I'm supposed to go into the political realm. That's my calling right now. And I'm, I'm pastoring. That's my calling right now. All these things we have to take care of. I got a good team, but he's never left me once. He's only st- stabilized me through the storm. He blessed the storm. He called the storm to peace, man. He's so faithful to me, right? This is Samuel Adams. Now, I got to segue into this because a lot of the founders who knew God, we don't even realize they knew God, right? So think about this, Samuel Adams. How do we know Samuel Adams today? This is the same guy that said this, if you love wealth rather than liberty, and if you, if you prefer tranquility over the animated conscience of freedom, he said, go from us in peace. We ask not your counsels or your arms. Crouch down and lick the hands which feed you. May your chains sit lightly upon you, and may our posterity forget you are our countrymen. Get out. Think about how much our country today loves wealth. Dude. I don't care if you're on the left or the right. If you're on the right, you love making your own wealth. If you're on the left, you love other people's wealth and want it for your own. We're all obsessed about guilty money. Of it. We're all guilty of it. We're all guilty. We are all guilty of it because we all want the American dream. We think the American dream. You know what the American dream is now? Let's be honest here. Debt. Just walking in debt. That's I'll, really what it I'll, is. The I'll get debt, debt so I can get the cars, it get is. the house, get the things I want, and, we'll get and I'll pay it, it off And later. you know what happens? You get so unhocked to it for the pleasures of the world, right? Yeah. This is happening to a lot of Christians now. So I'm just speaking from my heart. You can't get into ministry because you're so far in debt. You're in hawk. Yeah. Can't do what God's called you to do because you can't pay your own bills. Yeah. You're not willing to sacrifice and just get a car that you can pay off in, in one payment. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Save up money. Buy a car in cash. You know what I mean? Yep. So... Back to Samuel Adams, he said this, we have this day, the 4th of July, he's talking about the 4th Independence Day, restored the sovereign to whom all men ought to be obedient. He reigns in the heaven and from the rising to the setting of the sun, let his kingdom come. Let his kingdom come. He also said this, in the supposed state of nature, all men are equally bound by the laws of nature or to speak more properly, the laws of the creator. Isn't that crazy? This is Samuel Adams talking. This is a cousin of John Adams. He was also a governor of Virginia, and we're going to talk about what he did in a minute, and we're going to talk about the pursuit of happiness. A lot of people that, that were atheists were telling me, you know, pursuit of happiness, I can do whatever I want because it makes me happy, right? And I was like, man, that doesn't make sense. Like, if they were Christian men, and they just wanted people to roam around free, which liberty does do that. You can do whatever yeah. you want. makes you happy, right? But what is happiness to a Christian? And what is it that we're supposed to talk about as Christians, what happiness truly is? Let's talk about William Blackstone. He said the creator 
has so intimately connected, so inseparably interwoven the laws of eternal justice with the happiness of each individual, that the latter cannot be obtained but by observing the former. In other words, I can't have happiness without obeying to his laws. That's what Samuel Adams just said. George Washington said in his farewell address, he said, of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. Listen to this next line. He said, in vain would the man claim tribute to patriotism who should labor to subvert these great pillars of human happiness. You can't call yourself a patriot if you try to subvert religion and morality, which makes us happy. So we have to understand that we look at the word happiness and we think, oh, happiness is doing whatever you want. Whatever, whatever thing you want to do in the world. Yeah. Um, they, go ahead. Sorry, they sorry. were looking at happiness as a fulfillment of the purpose God has placed within them. So the moral and the ethical uh, come together, create peace yes. within yes. a soul. That peace produces the fruit of happiness. Yes. They're talking about reaching up to a standard, not just getting what you want. And so we have to look at their own words, how they meant them. Pursuit of happiness. Think of it as pursuit of inner peace and fulfillment. Yes. That's much different from getting the girls in the cars that I want. Even I'm a Lockean at heart. You're a Lockean. Absolutely. A lot of my friends are Lockeans. Lockean theory, Jeffersonian theory, very limited government, extremely almost almost anarchist, but not really because we believe in limited. We're all basically Lockean in theory. And even Locke said that happiness isn't the means to the end. It's the end. Yep. People look at it the other way around. The means. And that happiness usually ends in death because we're looking for temporal pleasures to do an an external thing. Not good. In all of his works, he acknowledged God is the creator of all things, rights, laws. Talked about the divine law, civil Mm -hmm. law, all these things, revealed law. Right? This was Locke. We don't reference very much, and our founders loved it. Jefferson loved his works. Yeah. You know what I mean? So this was, he was talking about happiness. This is a, I want to reference too. this is the Massachusetts constitution of 1780. This is part of their preamble or part of the, their, their preamble, I believe it was. It says the happiness of a people in the good order and preservation of civil government essentially depend upon piety, religion, and morality. Remember Duchesne's prayer. He's talking about religion, Christian religion, Christian. right? He said, and these cannot be generally diffused through a community, but by the institution of the public worship of God, this constitution was promoting church growth. Mm-hmm. you got to start putting places of worship up. Matter of fact, again, when we get to the governors of Massachusetts, just them alone, it'll blow your mind. Uh, this was the Northwest Ordinance of 1787. This was before the Constitution was drafted, kind of around the same time where the Articles of Confederation were drafted up, right? He said this, religion and morality, this is Article 3 of the Northwest Ordinance, it said religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to good government and the happiness of mankind, schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. Mike, where did they say religion and morality should be taught? Hmm. The schools. The schools. Right? Do you guys know that the first book printed by Congress in 1782 for public schools was a Bible? Why? If God wasn't necessary, why didn't they print the Koran? Why didn't they print any other book or any other leaflet? Why didn't they print Common Sense by Thomas Paine? And that should be read by every person alive. Why didn't they just print the Declaration of Independence? They probably did, right, for public schools. Uh, John Adams said this. He said, our Constitution was made only for moral and religious people. It doesn't exist, and it cannot correlate, and it's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. So we need to remember, and this is for people who who get confused about this stuff, we need to remember that they viewed it as you have your government and your political system. 
that is upheld and supported by a healthy society. Yes. How do you get a healthy society? By a society that honors and reveres God. Yes. That follows God's tenets, that that has a moral guidance within them so that they're self-disciplined, yes. self-controlled, so that the government doesn't have to control everything yes. that they do. Yes. So what they're saying is, look, we need a healthy society. How are we going to do that? We're going to educate them, use the Bible as the guidepost, as as the lamp, right? That will uphold a healthy, limited government that we're setting up. If you lose that society, you lose your government. That's right. You're gonna get tyrants in its place. Exactly. If you think about it, in the Book of Psalms, I think it's Proverbs, one of the two. It says, uh, "Blesses a nation whose God is the Lord." Not blesses the government. Not blesses the stru- political structure. Blesses the nation, aka the people. The people whose God is their Lord, right? This is Benjamin Franklin. Everybody said he was the deist. Now, I believe in his early days, yeah, he was a womanizer and all these things. But as he got later on in life, I think he realized, oh, crap, look at all the junk I did. He said this. He said, freedom is not a gift bestowed uh, upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of nature and God. Why does he care? He's a deist or an atheist. John Dickinson, he was one that didn't sign the Declaration of Independence. He signed the Constitution, I believe. But he didn't sign the Declaration because he was like, man, if we secede... What we're going to get crushed, basically. There's no way we can win. So he wasn't really for the declaration, but once it was passed, he was like, oh, I get it. We got yeah. the people's backing, all these things. And I'm sure, dude, look, he yeah, had his reasons. And he wasn't wrong a, in what he was saying. He yeah. was just, man, I can't I can't put my name on this if we ruin ourselves. Could, could you imagine today? The weight of the shoulders. Yeah. Signing a document that says we are seceding from our government. And we know war is coming. And war is coming. Could you imagine having the U.S. Army coming down on your neck? You're going to be nervous about signing that piece of paper. So he was a good man. I'm not saying he was bad. He just didn't agree. He said this, kings or parliaments could not give us the rights essential to happiness. We claim them from a higher source, from the king of kings and the lord of all the earth. They are not annexed to us by parchment and seals. They're not given to us that way. He said they are created in us by the decrees of providence and capital P, which meaning God which establishes the laws of our nature. They are born with us, exist with us, and cannot be taken from us by any human power without taking our lives. Mm. When is the last time you heard a politician say that? (laughs) Sorry, when was the last time you heard an American say that? Not out of cockiness, out of reverence to God, right? This is John Adams again. He said, you have rights antecedent to all earthly governments, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws. The second president said that. He said rights derived from the great legislator of the universe. Again, capitalized. Who are they talking about? The author of nature's laws. The author of nature's laws. He wrote that in 1765. It was a dissertation on the canon and feudal law. You guys got to read his stuff, man. He was a yeah. genius. Real quick, I'm going to go through this as fast as I can. God's early role in education. Did you know that even now, we, the number of Protestant churches, I'm talking about Protestant churches, more Reformed churches, there's over 300,000 in this country, right? But uh, 7th to 12th grade schools, there's only 29,000. I believe it's like 700 or almost 800, something like that. So the churches outnumber schools 10 to 1 in this country, and yet look at our schools. Look what they're teaching our children with our money. That's a question I have, right, if we really believe. Now, back in the early education, you know that they taught from the base psalm book, and it was to be sung in schools, and also they, they taught of the New England Primer. Uh, and all that stuff, they also included Old and New Testament books, the Lord's Prayer, the Apostles' Creed, the Ten Commandments, uh, etc. And the second best-selling book was the Bible. Watts' hymnals were also included in some of these things, right? So I'm talking like there's so much that, that we don't even know um, 
at the time, this was the Northwest Ordinance of 1787. Again, in Article 3, actually, Michigan adopted this. I believe it's Article 8 in the Michigan State Constitution. It says, religion, morality, and knowledge being necessary to, uh, to the government and, and happiness of mankind, schools and the means of education shall forever be encouraged. This is actually adopted uh, in, in Michigan's Constitution. Now, what did the founders say? Let me just go through these real fast. This is Thomas Jefferson, right? This is written on his memorial, but he actually said this. He said, God who gave us life gave us liberty. This is Jefferson. He said, can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are a gift of God? Indeed, I tremble. And he says more than this. This is actually shortened. Indeed, I tremble when I reflect that God is just and his justice cannot sleep forever. He actually said in between that, he said that his, his laws cannot be violated but by his wrath. <laughs> God was real, man. Yeah. They ain't playing. He also said this. This is on the Jefferson Memorial. He said, the Christian religion is the best religion that has ever been given to man. If Jefferson didn't care about religion, why is he the father of religious freedom? It's on his tombstone in Virginia. Ask yourself. Don't get lied to here. You guys yeah. got to do your own homework, right? Do your own research. So Samuel Adams, again, he said, I, can, can, I conceive we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly supplicating to the supreme ruler of the world that the confusions that are, in, that are and have been among the nations may be overruled by promoting and speedily bringing in the holy and happy period when the kingdoms of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established and the people willingly bow to the scepter of him who is the Prince of Peace. Which is exactly what we're looking for. That's exactly right. And if you're not looking for that, maybe, you know what? Maybe your world is just here. Praise God. Go get them. That's what he's saying. Go get them. Bring mm-hmm. peace to them, right? Did you guys know when he was the governor of Massachusetts, he prayed this and he ordered all the state of Massachusetts. He ordered, I think it was like 14 statewide days of prayer and fasting for the, yeah. For the state. Yeah. It's like I, something like 14 or 16, like 14. I believe it was. Yeah. He said this, the peaceful, he said, I'm ordering all of Massachusetts to pray. He said, the peaceful and glorious reign of our divine redeemer may be known and enjoyed throughout the world uh, and the whole family of mankind. He said, with true contrition of the hearts to confess their sins to God and implore forgiveness through the merits and meditation of Jesus Christ, our our Savior. Um, This is John Hancock. You guys remember, he's got the biggest signature on the declaration. Basically, he said, put a bounty, man, whatever. Come and get me. Right. He said this, sensible of the importance of the Christian piety and virtue of order. To the order and happiness of a state, I cannot but earnestly commend to you every measure for their support and encouragement. Religion. He's talking about Christianity. He also called the state of Massachusetts, when he was the governor of Massachusetts, he said this, that the spiritual kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be continuously increasing until the whole earth shall be filled with his glory. Amen. He's telling Massachusetts, but this is just one state, right? He says this, to confess her sins before God implores forgiveness, that he would finally, that God would finally overrule all events in the advancement of the Redeemer's kingdom. Establish universal peace and goodwill to all men, right? This is uh, uh, Thomas McKean. Uh, this was in a case of uh, Republica versus John Roberts. John Roberts was sentenced to death after a jury found him guilty of treason. Chief Justice McKean then told him this. You will probably have but a short time to live. He said, before you launch into eternity, it behooves you to improve the time that you may be allowed in this world, it behooves you to most seriously to reflect upon the past conduct that you've had, to repent of your evil deeds, to be incessant in prayers to the great and merciful God, to forgive you of, man- of your manifold transgressions and sins, to teach you to rely upon the merit and passion of the dear Redeemer, and thereby avoid those regions of sorrow. He's talking about hell, right? Those doleful shades where peace and rest can never dwell. He said this, where even hope cannot enter, it behooves you to seek uh, fellowship and advice and prayers of pious and good men to be persistent at the throne of grace and to learn that way which leads to happiness. This is Chief Justice, dude. 
saying this. Could you from imagine the our Supreme Court Dude, justices right? talking like he this? He said this. And to learn uh, the, the way that leads you to happiness, may you reflecting upon all these things and pursuing the will of the great father, light and life be received into the company and society of angels and archangels and the spirits of just men made perfect. And may you be qualified to enter into the joys of heaven, joys unspeakable and full of glory. You're a traitor, but I want you to be in heaven. Bro, that is a Christian heart. Government may have condemned your evil deed because of what you did and you deserve punishment. But God wants your soul. Man, that is Christianity, dude. That that and that's that's Christianity. That's the perfect view of how it should be. Governor is supposed to be the arm, of, or government is supposed to be the arm of justice. It is supposed to create consequence for wrongdoing. But the Christian understands government creates consequence, but knows that the soul is still able to be saved. Right. Yes. And the Christian wants that soul to be saved so that you may forfeit your life, but your soul may be saved. Yep. This is Chief Justice John Jay, First Supreme Court Justice. And I'll end it here because I got tons yeah. of quotes from Adams and all these guys. But he said this. I'll end it here. Mercy and grace and favor did come by Jesus Christ. Mercy and truth, the Bible says, came by Jesus Christ. And also that truth which verified the promises and predictions concerning him and which exposed and corrected the various errors which had been embedded Respecting the supreme being and his attributes, laws, and dispensations. Talking about heaven. Talking about God. This may be just a few of the founders, and we'll do more, and we can do more exposés on this, but what we're trying to tell you is this. They knew from where their freedom came from. They knew that through their faults, they could come to a redeemer, a Christ of heaven. They knew that. How much more should we now supplicate to him? When I read this stuff, it doesn't make me go, man, we need to come back to Jesus. It's like, no, we should have depended on him the whole time. Yeah. the whole time that's why it's so important to get back to those things guys thank you so much for tuning in tonight i hope uh, our hope and prayer every time is like that you guys not only get something but that it prods you to to be active to do yeah. to be the hands and feet of jesus christ that we all preach that we're supposed to be and uh if you guys haven't already done so please go on the self-evident truth.com this is our 28th podcast that's pretty exciting man did, did you i don't know if you caught it but when i told and maybe it wasn't on the podcast, but I told Paul, like, yeah, this is episode number 27. He was like, wow, 27? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, it, it, sometimes it blows my mind that we we keep churning around. We're, we're trucking, you know? man. We're doing our best. Do what we need to do. Yep, and we're doing our best to continue the content. We're doing our best to travel as much as we can, uh, even though a lot of our responsibilities are holding us uh, home, which is good because we need to do that too. I, I felt a conviction, I think. Uh, earlier this year, I was like, Lord, do you have me pastoring for a reason? I've really felt him say, you can't preach nationally what you're not preaching locally yeah. or what you're not practicing locally. So you can't you can't just go out there and tell people what to do if you're not doing it here back home. So, again, we want to thank you for tuning in. Guys, we're getting really good responses now on YouTube, uh, even some detractors. There, there's yeah. some crazy stuff. You remember the one that, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his name? K. Carl Smith. Uh, oh, yeah. There were some people saying basically the Republicans are going to die and all these yeah. things, crazy stuff. So hey, man, we're getting, we're getting, we're hitting. You know, it's happening. So we want to thank you, number one, for listening and tuning in. Second, we really want you guys to go on our website and be supporters. We really, really, really need your help. If you guys can, if you guys are at, a, at all moved by the podcast, you want to see it continue to grow as we're going into colleges, as we're going into high schools, as we're going into civic groups and these conventions and all these things. I'm going to be traveling again at the end of this month, uh, at the end of May, I believe, as well. Uh, September again. Uh, we're going to be gone for a week in June, I think. 
Uh, also, and I get to come back actually for, for the 4th of July, the first time I could ever be home on the 4th of July at home. Yeah. I'm not traveling and preaching, praise God. Um, but if you guys can, please support us because that keeps us going out there on the road. Go online, go to theselfevidenttruth.com. There's a donations tab. Please go on there and help support us. And, you know, I shouldn't even have to ask. I, I hate asking, but we we really, really need it. Yeah. Why we need your support is because, again, it continues us to keep going on the road and doing what we do. And it also can bring us, Mike, closer to, to doing a full-time thing here uh, as well. Because guess what? A workman's worthy of his hire and he's kicking butt. So we're doing our best to get him to continue to work and, and this this be the thing that we carry forward. So please go on Spotify, iTunes, all these things. Subscribe on YouTube if you haven't done it yet. Uh, when you go on YouTube, hit that uh, that little bell down there, the notifications tab, so you can get, every time we post a new video, pop up right on your phone, praise God, which is awesome. Again, thank you so much, you guys, for the 28th episode of Self-Evident Podcast. God bless you. We love you, and we'll see you soon. All right, love you guys.